G'day punters and welcome to Tabs Inside 56 teams remaining as they chase Premiership glory in 2020 and two men that know all about glory, Shane Crawford and Jimmy Bartel. Jimmy, welcome back. Thanks, Quinny. Uh, what an interesting week of finals. It was thrilling, it was exciting and all those doomsdays or people who think, oh, the game's in trouble, you know, round six, seven and eight. I think this is where you judge footy and it was absolutely fantastic. What was it, 16 points collective, the, the margins uh, between... Uh, the four games, just really, really exciting footy. It was a magnificent round one of finals, wasn't it, Croft? Yeah, very, very tough. We still don't know who's going to win the whole thing. That's what's great about the final series so far. But even to finish with the West Coast-Collingwood match, I thought that was just incredible because you knew West Coast would come and Collingwood changed the way they played. They played with a lot more speed when they had the footy, took the game on. And it's so much better for your forwards. When you move the ball fast, yes, you still have to kick it to a teammate. you still got to handball it and hit it, hit targets and so forth. But it, it just doesn't allow defences to get settled or to uh, to hold fire. And, you know, Mason Cox up and about early, it's, it's pretty amazing. His record, his last three games in finals, he's kicked eight and taken 15 contested marks, which is... He's a big game player for a big man. <laughs> he, he'd, he'd love that. And I, I think during the season, a lot of sides set up not to lose games, whereas finals, I feel like sides set up to try and win them. And I know that sounds really simplistic, but I guess when we, we talk about the Cats, I, I think that that's what goes into their psyche a bit, why they have such a good in-season record compared to finals. And what I'm trying to say, and, and Croft touched on it, with the speed of the game and it helps bring the likes of Mason Cox into it, is... You, you take the game on a bit more. You're trying to win it. You're trying to put some scoreboard pressure. Whereas during the season, we hear coaches talk about defending with the ball, you know, slow build up, get your backs up in, you know, up high. Whereas I think in finals, it's all right, we can't wait for the opposition because it, we'll just be defending the whole game. So there, there's a little bit more risk taken with their ball movement, especially across half back. And that Collingwood West Coast game, the speed of the ball movement early, which you know, Mason Cox's first quarter was one who, who capitalised on it. So you can get in quick, and he's got a one-on-one. And we know if he sticks his arms up, it's almost impossible to spoil. So after a magnificent week one of finals, Collingwood got the job done over West Coast, and the Cats went down to Port. And as a result, we have a massive game between Geelong and Collingwood, two teams that have played some great games this century. But when I think of Collingwood-Geelong, I think of one man and one man only, Jimmy Bartel. There's big moments in grand finals, and the ball is in the hand. three-point ball game and that's why this team has been so great because they have great leaders they have men that step up when they need and crashed in what a huge kick kicked a goal in the second quarter this to put Geelong back in front just almost 200,000 eyeballs here at the ground watching Jimmy Bartel and a kick which is good there! And the winner of the North Smith medal is Jimmy Bartell. Two thousand eleven grand final, the Norm Smith against ago. Collingwood. With the Norm Smith, is it something you give any thought to? When was the first time you thought I might win this? When they said the winner of the Norm Smith is? Or it is nah. just so far out of your mind? Literally, it was no thought for me. I know the likes of Stevie Johnson and those Larry <laughs> forwards, they, they start to try and win one halfway through the second quarter. But no, I, 
I didn't give it any thought. Uh, Patrick Keane, who's um, you know, heavily involved with the AFL and things like that, he found me in the crowd. So, yeah, you, as you know, Croft, when you win a premiership, you, it's like your last drinks at the pub. You're telling everyone you love them. <laughs> you're, you're hugging them. You're trying to find everyone. You've got all this energy. And Patrick Keane came up to me and goes, you've won the Norm Smith medal. Don't say anything you regret. Don't swear. Thank everyone. Be happy. Oh, so you already knew. You, you know, like, as you know, you're making your way over to – the, you know, the podium, you know, where the sides are sort of all mingled off um, to, to each side. So, um, yeah, I, I knew just like literally a minute beforehand. And uh, Ma- Michael Long presented me with the Norm Smith. And what's it like when you probably – you've got your magnificent dessert, that's the premiership, and that's just the cherry on top of the dessert. Yeah, it, that's probably the best way to describe it, Quinny. I, I don't think you, you really understand or fully comprehend what the Norm Smith is until, I think, for me, it wasn't until I retired and I started going to grand finals because – you're so wrapped up, as I said. You, oh, I love you. Yeah, we won. We won a premiership. Oh, the the crowd's going crazy. Oh, there's the premiership cup. Yeah, you're cheering even your teammates. You know, and the Craig Willis. If you hear Craig Willis's voice, you've had a good day. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, number three like this. You're like, oh yes, I've won a premiership. So you're just all caught up in that. You know, you get down the rooms. It's just a whirlwind, isn't it, uh, Croft? Your after match functions, all this sort of stuff. I, I don't think you fully comprehend what the Norm Smith means until. Uh, for me, until I retired and started going to grand finals. So three goals, yeah? Yeah, three. three. goals, straight through the middle, you know? It's it's not that hard, is it? No. You know? And if you ever want to play well, you want to play well in the big games, you know, in the finals or like Jimmy was lucky to do in a grand final where it matters most, you know? That's where reputations are built. Not only, you know, was he a super consistent player for a long time, you know, a Brownlow medalist, um, you know, but Norm Smith medal, I'll tell you what, the, the CV looks pretty good. Well, between the three of us, we do have a great footy CV with four premierships, two Brownlows and a Norm Smith. What changed your life with the Brownlow or the premiership more? What do people come and chat to you the most about? I, I think the, the premierships, especially being down, down in Geelong, and they went through so much sort of heartache, you know, 89, 92, 94, 95, being, you know, a perennial finalist and playing some – Magnificent footy, the Cats, um, you know, under Malcolm Blight and even Gary Ayres, where they'd kick 20-plus goals a game. They were exciting, and some of the greats of the game were playing there. But, you know, to finally win a premiership, I think a lot of people – there was the 44-year drought as to, as well. So a lot of people were like, oh, I didn't think I'd ever get to see one. Um, so that, that sort of um, – that, that probably put the premiership more into focus for people and people wanting to know what that's about. And then they ask, oh – and Cross probably got this question, oh, would you rather want a Brownlow or the Premiership? I always say, I'll, I'll keep trading a Brownlow for more Premierships. It's just, it's why you play the game. It, it seriously is. It's why you do, you know, 40-degree training, you're running laps and you're bumping into teammates in November and December. It's, you know, you, you ride the emotions with, with teammates. I think, you know, you always try and grab Premierships. Do you look back on your three Premierships and think that was the right number that we got for that team? Or do you think we left one or two on the table? Or do you think, Maybe we did really well to get three. Or do you think, oh, we're a bit greedy, weren't we? No. We didn't allow some other teams, like I say, <laughs> Kilda, to sneak a premiership no. in there? <laughs> no. I never felt like I wasn't uh, greedy. <laughs> I'm greedy enough. And uh, you've got to preface this, um, that all the other teams that won premierships in your time have thoroughly deserved it. But from a purely competitive point of view and a Geelong point of view, I think we left a couple on the table. I just think... You know, obviously we had an opportunity in 2018. Anytime you make a grand final and you lose, you think, well, that's an opportunity lost. So you always put that. But the Hawks, Shane and I have spoken about this a lot. The Hawks were the best side, like not only finals, but the weeks leading up to it. But again, if you lose one and you make it, you think that's an opportunity lost. And I, I think there's probably uh, maybe 2013, 
and maybe 2016 were probably another opportunities where we were a much better side than probably what we the output probably showed. It's such an effort to get yourself into the finals and then you've got to find another gear, then you've got to bring it and then everything's got to go perfectly and you've got guys, their bodies are hanging by a thread and you've got to work out which ones can get you through and – and, you know, coaches make mistakes. Then they say, we're never going to make mistakes like that ever again by selecting personnel who may be a little bit wounded. Um, so it really is a learning curve. And you can never, ever get it right, even though, you know, Jimmy's played in a lot of grand finals and had uh, an amazing uh, run uh, from a team point of view and an individual point of view. You still make mistakes along the way. You always, you know, like even Geelong last week, you know, with their centre bounce when the game was on the line, they had three players who had never been in the centre bounce together. That was strange. Mm. Yeah, that's strange. So, unfortunately, there's still little mistakes, you know, pressure of the game, players falling over, you know, swapping positions and so forth. So there's – you'd like things to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. And that's the great thing about the game. You're always thinking, why on earth did that happen or what's going on there or why isn't that player contributing? And, you know, like from Geelong's point of view this week, they're going to have a hard time – deciding who's going to play because they had young kids in really good form. They were given, a, 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 taken away for the finals and given opportunities to other players. So, yeah, it, it would be interesting sitting in on those meetings because if they, don't, if they get it wrong, the AFL world's going to come down on them. Like everyone's going to go, Geelong have failed again in the finals, whereas I thought last week they weren't too bad. They just didn't have enough contributors right across the field, yet they were still highly competitive. All right, let's preview the game now then. I was going to go in order that they're going to be played, but I think most people will be very keen to hear what we think about Geelong and Collingwood. Saturday night, the money has come for the Cats. The line now at five and a half points, and these teams have had such a great rivalry this century. For mine, one of the best games I've ever been to was the 2007 prelim final in front of 98,002 people. I was there with my wife, Andrew, just to get the two people over the line. (laughs) I reckon you would have had that this week. Well, that was really? a, that. It is. I mean, this is where it's going to hurt a little. Of the games aren't in Melbourne, isn't it? Imagine yeah. the MCG this week; it would be absolutely rocking, and it would be almost fifty-fifty as well. No team would be at an advantage or a disadvantage. There's no fans because two of the great sets of supporters, Geelong and Collingwood. Yeah, and look, I think uh, Croft touched on it. The, the Cats had it. So many players that were probably down. They, they had too many players, sort of saying a bad night to have a bad night. So. We'll go through them. You think Myers, Rowan, Ablett as the forwards. Stewart was probably the quietest mm. he's ever been. I know he's a defender. Dellhouse. Dellhouse. Hawkins. Yeah. Well, he, he, he got the footy. Yeah, yeah but got they the footy. Just, no, I know they you took the air out of the balloon, just missing and missing and missing. He's yeah. won the Coleman. He's had a great season. But, Systematic of Geelong. Great in the regular season. Can they do it no, when no, it but, matters? But I'm saying he, he wouldn't have been in your worst 10 players. Like, he, he was still providing something. He was still yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, providing headaches for Port Adelaide. So, so you've got, you got six players there that Jimmy's just named who had a bad night, right? Mm. That, that's very rare. That, that's very rare for Geelong. You know, to, and when you think about good teams, everyone has an even contribution. Even if you're having a lower night, you're still, you know, Gary Rowan had five touches yeah. and didn't look like he wanted to be out there. So Henry looked off the pace, you know, like that. that yet, they're still in the game. Mm. So they're, they're a good side, Geelong. I, I think, you know, I, I think people have just got to hold fire this week. I reckon just watch Geelong this week because I think we'll see the very best of them from everyone and you'll have an even contribution, which means they're going to be right in the game. So you're both tipping the Cats? 
Yeah, but not with a, a lot of confidence because you, you go, I know it's early season form, but Collingwood's defence is very, very, very good. And they held the Cats to 35 points. Now, it's whether Collingwood will just double down on that defence or play a lot like they did against West Coast and Crawford said it, with a bit more speed. Now, that, that might actually create some issues for the Cats. If the Collingwood can get the balance right of still hard in defence but actually get Geelong on the counter, and that's what Port Adelaide did really well. They've got speed. They looked a lot quicker than uh, Geelong from the spread from the contest the other night, and that, that would be worrying. And um, selection, Shane, I know you and I were talking uh, before we came on. You, you've had some thoughts with, with selection as well. Like, do you keep going the, those senior experienced players would you bring in those young guys who have got a bit more leg speed but probably don't have the top-end talent of those experienced guys? Yeah, and that's that's the one. That, like, I think Geelong, at their very best this year, have looked better when those younger kids, you know, I've loved when Close has been in there. Um, there's good pressure up forward as well. I, I've just liked the look. You know, even when young Guthrie was in there and young Simpson, mm. they just look like to have a bit of run. I know they haven't played a lot of footy, but – it was a bit of a different look and feel, yet you go to the finals and you go to your, your money men, which have been players that have been great contributors for a long, long time. But do you know what? Everyone sort of goes over the edge eventually. You know, it just age just does that too. So Chris Scott this week, if Geelong don't win and you go with the, the exact same lineup from last week and you back him in, you know, you got egg all over your face. So, but you make a few changes and you lose – you go, oh, I probably should have gone with those senior types. So this is the dilemma they got. I reckon – I still think they're, they're a chance to win the flag, um, Geelong. I do. I just I just think they've obviously been scratchy for a little while lately. But I reckon if they can have even contribution right across the board, I think playing back at the Gabba, I think that helps a bit because of their game style and the way that they move the footy and their, their ball skills. Collingwood will try and take them on, which they need to go fast, but – You've got to still make sure you can hit targets once you do that. And we spoke about courage last week with Richmond, the courage to run straight, which is sort of what Collingwood did. They had great courage just to go. But then we know Geelong set up really well defensively, you know. So, yeah, it's going to be an intriguing match. A lot of this – the match is going to be played out before you even turn up in the match committee. Not necessarily with Collingwood, but definitely with the Cats and the way they decide to go from their 22. Now, Chris Scott, he's got a good record in semifinals. He's 3-1. and one. If the Cats were to lose this, is he in danger of losing his job? No. No chance. No. No, no chance. Why? Because <laughs> he's not. He's contracted to, I think, the end of 2022. No, no coaches are getting sacked full stop. Haven't they changed it where now you can sack a coach and only have to pay him out six months? Well, I don't know. No, it depends what contract that coach has got. But no clubs have got money to sack anyone to start with. But he, he's not getting sacked. The club love him. Like the, you know, the hierarchy or the decision makers uh, on the coach, they extended they extended him four years after the last sort of time this happened. The, the three, so the three and one is, I think it's reflective where we often see top four sides. One of them has to lose the first week, and they still make their way back. Yeah, and and it wasn't horrendous the, the mm. way they went about it. Just you know, when when you got six players giving you below par performances. You, you, you can't win matches, not in finals. Against so, the top side. Yeah. So do you blame the coach for not playing well? I, I blame the players. The, those players need to give more. They need to put more pressure on when they don't have the footy. They need to get themselves into the game more. So the, the whole pressure goes to the players, not Chris Scott. I know everyone rides Chris Scott because he's steering the ship, but you, everyone has to contribute. 
It's as simple as that. So if I was Chris Scott, and I'm sure he's probably put them under the gun this week, I need you boys in. You've got to get into the game early. So you're not concerned that this seems to happen year in, year out, where the Cats are seemingly a different side under the pressure of finals footy than what they dish up during the regular season? Oh, it's a concern because obviously you want to see them keep winning and and playing in grand finals and winning premierships. But uh, that's what I I touched on a bit more. Geelong plays a very conservative game style and you can play that very conservative game style really well down at Kidinia Park because it's narrow. GMHBA, sorry, sponsors. You know, you gotta, <laughs> they play the rights for it. And you can squeeze the life out of opposition. But when you come up against the good sides, they're willing to take a few chances and pick their way through it. And Geelong, when it, what have we always said? When Geelong get beaten, it's they're too slow out of their back half. And that's what they were the other night. And um, as far as mix, uh, as players and, and matchup, I think they need to have a look at their back six mix or back seven as sides. You know, they have one on the bench. They're very good defenders. They very rarely get beaten. But you do need some creativity coming off the half-back line or, or the full-back line. You have a look at all the sides. Brisbane's half-backs get up and involved. They've used it with a couple of young players in uh, Stasevich and like going back there with him when he plays. Rich gets up and involved in the game across half-back. Rich was kicking goals. Port Adelaide used Darcy Byrne-Jones and a number of other players across the back line. Richmond, Basha Hooley could have nearly won two Norm Smiths playing across half-back. Gets the ball up high up the ground. Now, who does that... Geelong where it gets up high with their feet and take the game on with their feet. So Stewart, they always keep on the last line as a goalkeeper almost. You know, he's the last one, a bit what Richmond do with, used to do with Alex Rance. Now it's Asprey plays that role. But he he's the last one. Two, he's a kick first and playing up on the wing. Blitzarv's not to take the game on with his skills. Colin Jasny's not to take the game on with his skills. So, like, they're super defenders. Like, don't get me wrong, they're one of the best defences. But they need every now and then when they get stuck into a rut and they get caught in their back half, you've got to, find, you've got to actually get out and give Hawkins and this you know, star-studded forward line an opportunity. So who would you maybe put as that link-up player? Maybe a Mitch Duncan or someone? Well, you either put Duncan back or during uh, that game, would you have just rolled the dice? Gary Rowan's having a terrible night. Try yeah. something. Or this is where young Clark comes in, into play. The, you know, I know he's only his second year, but he's a halfback flanker and he is go first, take the game forward. You know, Narkel, when he's fit, he adds a different option, more up through the midfield, but at least he's take the game forward by feet or, or run and break a line. Collingwood but, were uh, terrific last week against West Coast, causing the upset. If Collingwood is going to get the job done over Geelong, where do you think they will win the game? Well, they've got to – the thing is they've got to still have that balance in their game, but they've still got to – they've got to move the ball quick. You know, they, they've shown – you can't just go for the sake of going, but especially early in a game to get a bit of scoreboard pressure, put a bit of doubt on the opposition, you know, hopefully make Geelong get behind on that scoreboard. So all of a sudden Geelong, you know, it's amazing how you tense up a touch, you know, especially when you're your favourites and you're trying to work your back, way back in, but you've got a team just going, pulling the trigger, you know, just going whooshka. Um, so, yeah, definitely speed of ball, but they've got to still use the ball really well. It's no good trying to work your way through and then, you know, getting turnovers and, you know, especially against Geelong. If they get a spare player down the field, they just use it so well um, and then you're in massive trouble. So I, I just think people are giving up on Geelong. When, when you look at what happened, if Tomahawk kicks better early in the game, they're on, they're in the game. If they have these six contributors getting to an average that they have all year, they're, they're, they're in this game, you know, so and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it could be a victory for them. So just be wary of Geelong. I think they're much better than they have been over the last few years. I, I, I really do. 
I, I still think they're capable of not only winning but going on and, and getting into a grand final and, and possibly even winning a grand final. Yes, they've got some areas to fix, but then I'm still not confident about Brisbane or Port Adelaide. I'm confident Richmond can win this week, but I'm still not confident to say I oh, one of them to stand out to win the premiership this year. So just be very wary that the Cats are still <laughs> ready to go and they've got a lot of good football in them. And the, the best thing is everyone's doubting them, you know. Everyone was doubting Collingwood, what they do. They just played like uh, they didn't care and <laughs> they got the win, which is probably one of the hardest wins to do on the road when you go to West Coast. So the Cats are $8 for the premiership. Brisbane hit the market at three twenty-five. Port Power three seventy-five. Richmond $5 into four through the week. Collingwood 11, St Kilda 26. Croft, you've got $20 in your pocket. So I know you haven't seen a $20 note in 20 years. They're all yellow and green. Yeah. Just having a look at that magnificent wallet you've got on the desk over there. You've got $20 to spend on the flag market. You can do it however you want. Uh, you can break it up. How do you is, spend your 20 Well, I. this is hard. This is really hard. Okay, sorry. You've got 100 then. I don't want to have to make you play no, with no, 20 No, no, yeah. no. Um, he doesn't take change. No. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if Geelong and Richmond played in a grand final. You know, so whether or not you have a Quinella, a little Quinella on that. However, I still think Brisbane are the front runners because home deck, home crowd, you know, but they're going to have to play in a prelim against a very good team. I'm thinking they're going to play against Geelong and that's not going to be easy for them. So I know I'm sitting on the fence and I'm sitting on the fence because I still think there there is – Four realistic chances to win the flag still. Nine dollars that Quinella there for Richmond and Geelong. And as per usual, you've just evaded my bouncer beautifully and just let that go straight <laughs> through. Well, to I the gave keeper. you a Quinella, but in saying that, I, I, I said that last week. I thought, do you know what? If Geelong lose and if Richmond lose, I still think they're capable of winning. And that hasn't changed. That's I just believe that more than ever. You tipped very well last week too. Yeah, but I was so I, was, I doubted myself so much. Because it was so hard. Jimmy, you tipped well as well on Sky Sports as well. You tipped the Saints to cause the upset, so you both done well. Yeah, I think that was about the only one I, I got right. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but, uh, you can't be expected to tip against your cat, so we'll forgive you for no, that one. No. Uh, it, it was hard, but yeah, we, we love the Saints. I tell you, we love the Saints. We love Paddy Ryder. We thought it was an advantage, and he was just unbelievable. Well, unfortunately, they've lost that advantage in Paddy Ryder when they come up against Richmond Friday night, and punters are firmly with the Tigers. Into a dollar twenty-nine, the line has gone from fifteen and a half up to eighteen and a half. A lot of experts are dismissing St Kilda. They were so brave against the Western Bulldogs. Can they get the job done, or does their their very impressive season end here? Uh, look, I'm going to back the Tigers, and it's a bit like um, Shane was saying about the Cats. You know, they played pretty pretty well, the Tigers, but they had some undisciplined acts, which cost them goals. Uh, they were still in right up to the end as well. They kept coming. Um, will Tom Lynch be back as well? He looks like he's training pretty well up there. So, And I think St Kilda have lost a couple of key points, which were their point of difference. Now, they played like schoolyard, year 10s playing against year 7s in marks up in the schoolyard or jack in the pack. Yeah. They had the game absolutely on their terms for three quarters of that game. They took over 20 contested marks. And we said they've got a point of difference. They almost pick an old school lineup now in today's footy where two rucks, key forwards, key backs, all 200 centimetres tall, and they're willing to kick long and take the contest on. And even Geary up forward was taking contested marks. I know he was on Caleb Daniel, but he was still taking uh, contested marks. But the Dogs still had a chance to win. And I think that's the concerning thing uh, for me coming into this game is St Kilda had the game the way they wanted to play it 
and they couldn't have played it any better and the dogs still had opportunities. You know, hit the post a couple of times and missed their opportunities. But And then you lose probably the best man on the ground, Paddy Ryder. If he wasn't the best, he was in the best three. And Carlisle coming back home, you know, the two blokes who probably take a lot of contested marks from one behind the ball and obviously one who rucks and goes forward. So um, I, I think those two injuries just might make it a bridge a little bit too far for them. I, th- I think in racing terms, you've got Group 1 probably against listed class. Yep. You know, well, um, progressive listed yeah, class. Yeah, yeah. And um, as Jimmy said, a couple of key personnel out. I'd, I hope St Kilda can really match them early. I, I hope that they can get their nose in front because that'll give them great belief and a lot of confidence because um, they just tried to hang on and save the game last week. They beat them early in the year, so that'll give them a bit of confidence. And I heard Brett, Brett Ratton talk about, you know, they did back-to-back games in Adelaide, Adelaide Oval, um, you know, against some reasonable sides. They beat Port Adelaide. So they've, they've actually made really good improvement, which, you know, which is great. But now they've got to step it up because they're getting a team on the rebound. They're getting probably the best team in the competition. I, I would be shocked. I really would be shocked if Richmond lost this match. But the thing is, if they've got that, attitude, do you know what? We'll just go. We'll just go for it, boys. It's amazing what happens when you play with that, that freedom. And obviously you, you structure up really well, but just that freedom just to go for it because no one's, no one's giving us a chance. They don't think they're making up the numbers. They're there to be highly competitive. But Richmond, Richmond are a different level, as Jimmy said, very undisciplined. You know, just made some mistakes you don't normally see from the Tigers, yet still in that match – Pretty much until the final siren. So uh, look out this week. I think it could be it could be a bit of a margin. Let's hope the Saints can hang in there and make it highly competitive. What do you think the margin will be? Uh, I reckon twenty to twenty five points in there somewhere. Uh, I reckon about twelve points, two goals. I think it'll be about twenty twenty two points. I tip the Tigers by. I yep. think they'll start really well and sort of just hold them at arm's length a little bit, and then they're going to have a big game next week over in Adelaide. And those prelim finals, they are shaping us. You're already there, crackers. so you're already thinking the following week, which is hard. And I, I tell you what, from a St Kilda supporter point of view, and I've heard some St Kilda supporters on the radio, they're saying, "Oh, you know, it was great to win a first final, and you know, we don't care what happens this week." That's not the attitude. You're going there to win, no. So don't talk like that. The players don't need to hear that. They, they need to go, nah, we're on, we're going to go. We beat them early in the year. Let's go again. Don't, don't be satisfied with making the finals. Don't be satisfied with one win in the finals. Keep going. And sometimes you've got to make the most of your opportunities. Don't, who knows? You know, they might have an, a horrendous run over the next five years yeah. and make the finals. So you've got to go now. Like, push the button, do everything you can. And that's the great thing about Brett Ratton. His attitude is... No, 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 we're going again. We're going again. We learnt so much from that first final. We've now got 14 players on our list that have won a final when we didn't have going into the first final. So that's awesome. There's no pressure on us. We're going to give it to these guys. So the, uh, the supporters need to they need to mirror that attitude and, um, and just take it on. I'm not having to crack at St Kilda supporters because they could be the most loyal and long-suffering in the competition and they deserve... Everything that comes their way, if it's positive, but you can see why they're celebrating that finals win. And they are a club that has won just the one premiership, and they are a club that rightfully celebrates a lot of individual stars, which the club has had. So it is hard for them to get into that ruthless mentality that the likes of Richmond, Collingwood, Geelong do have. Yeah, you, you can celebrate it, but I'm 100% in agreement with, with Shane. That this game doesn't guarantee you anything, and we we tend to fall in trap. Oh, that side played finals because. 
Yeah, that's the first time they played finals. So we'll just mark them down next year and they'll go a step further. The game isn't linear. It doesn't go, oh, because you were, uh, you know, you finished 10th this year, you'll probably be 8th or 6th, you know, and then the following year you'll be 4th and then you'll win a premiership. It just doesn't work like that. You know, trade, free agency, injuries, coaching changes. There's so many uh, moving parts. I'm with Croft. Yeah, celebrate it, but then use that energy going, but we're expecting to go and try and win. And who would have thought the Western Bulldogs, after winning that premiership, would have not won a final since? Well, what if you're an Essen supporter? You played that final how many years ago? What, you would have just gone, oh, we're playing finals again next year. How many years has it been? 13 years or something? That Twitter page is going pretty well. So on Thursday this week, it will be 5,878 days since the Bombers last won a final. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And nothing's guaranteed. Giants played in the grand final last year. Missed the eight. Why do you want to play in the finals? You want to play, you want to win. Yeah. Like, that's we're, – we're here to win. We're not here to hang around and make the numbers and to draw out our time this year. It's like, no, we're, we're here to win. And the thing I like about the Saints, and maybe maybe they're half a chance, maybe I'm not giving them the respect that they need, but the thing is, early in the year, they got run over by some sides. Heavily, like, you know, big defeats where they're in front um, and then sides overpowered them. Big plus, they found a way to win against a side that was coming. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, so you say, okay, that's a tick. We've learned a fair bit. They do have run widths. You know, they've got players. Ross through mm. the middle, he goes and plays on. Geary plays on players. So it's different to a lot of other teams. They do go the real shutdown role on a couple of players. So Dustin Martin, you know, uh, you'd imagine what's his name will run with him everywhere, who I just mentioned. Steel? St- uh, Ross. Oh, Steel, probably Ross. Yeah, so you got Steel, Steel as well. Mm. Geary will do a negating role on someone. Who's that going to be? Is it a Hawley? Do you take him out of the match? So all of a sudden, they've got a different look and feel. They're not going to get – Richmond aren't going to get what they got against the Brisbane Lions. They're going to get a couple of negating type of players. So that becomes tough and interesting and a different a different look at things. So it makes it interesting. So may, maybe they're half a chance. Maybe they're not at Adelaide before you know it, Quinny. You're talking yourself into the Saints. I like it. Croft put away the board games, the AFL rolls on, and so does Tab's AFL Same Game Multi, where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Gamblers help. 1-800-858-858. Now, it's about to enter silly season in the AFL. If you went on social media throughout the course of the week, you would see that Carlton supporters anticipate they'll be winning the Premiership in 2021 and 2022 after they got Saad and Williams. What do you make of all this, and is there a trade we could keep our eye on? Well, it is kite-flying season. Um, you, you, you get on any form of news, radio, social media, and Crawford signing a nine-year deal to the Dockers. This player's oh. gone. He's gone. My auntie... You know, bought a cat once in Colac, so that means Jeremy Cameron's at the Cats. <laughs> yeah, like the, the, the links that get um, put out there. So what what will happen is there'll be a lot of talk and discussions, but again, list sizes still aren't settled. Clubs don't know what they've got and how much to work with. So they're still waiting for that. Plus, while there's still six teams in, in the comps going in finals, a lot of clubs have got pause at, at the moment. So while Brisbane's still going and Geelong's still going, Jared Danaher discussion has to, to wait. Jeremy Cameron, where will he be next season? Probably a giant still at this stage. You still a giant? Probably. Well, it, it, again, everything's on pause until the season's over. But, yeah, Carlton, uh, Saad, Williams. Um, yeah, I don't know, Crawford. Are they expecting them to be midfielders or halfbacks? 
Well, I think Williams is someone that you know very well mm. from the Giants. He's a very good player across half back, but you know, there's all this talk about he's going to turn into the an amazing midfielder. Midfield's quite a hard position, yeah. <laughs> especially when you have to play on someone. That's exhausting. Which doesn't happen a lot, but um, yeah, it, it is. And it's you need an engine like Quinny. You've got to have an engine to come in, you know, follow the footy around, attack the footy, and then run and. Players like that, and I don't know if he's got an engine or, or aerobically what he's like. I know he's more of a burst player from what I've seen, but I don't know the intimate details behind the scenes. That burst gets taken out of you as soon as you become an on-baller. Like, it's very hard. That's why Dangerfield's such an amazing player, because he still can mm. impact and burst from... But you're running up and back, you know. It's, it's hard to then dash away all the time. So that'll be interesting. Andrew Russell, great fitness guy at Carlton. So he's got a bit of work to do. I don't know what is it, his best position, half back, or half could back. he be a midfielder? I think he can pinch hit in the midfield. But Croft touched on it. It's, it's a different type of fitness playing in the midfield. So every stoppage, someone's bang, arm across, push, shove, push, shove, tackle. You've got to tackle like in the midfield. You're getting tackled as well, and you're getting up as well, getting up and down the ground. Whereas half back, you've got your direct opponent, you're probably. You're in a, a direct contest with him. You have a bit of a breather. It's more of an explosive position, which he's very good at, and it can cut through really well. So I think they should be playing him at half back. And then, yeah, if you want to give him five minutes through the midfield, yeah, by all means. So Assad's an interesting one. He's a very good run and carry player. And obviously, Eston, I, th- finished, I think he's finished top three. Yeah, three years best, in a row. Yeah, three years in a row, yeah, which is a good sign, you know, from a team point of view. But uh, I think that's a real coup for the Blues. But I, I just, I just worry when you you hear or you read things, and it's like, oh yeah, he wanted to leave because he wanted a bit more freedom down back. No, 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 that mm. doesn't happen. You're a defender. First thing is you've, you're responsible for a team defence and stopping the ball and stopping opposition from having an impact, and then you run and create. So I just, if you think you're going to get traded to another side, and then you're just going to be this spare player who can float around, that doesn't happen. So I just think. I just think the messaging around that, and I'm not sure if it was from his management or who was throwing it out there, it's just not a good look, you know, to say, oh, yeah, I want to be the person who really links us up. You're still required to do a huge job, you know, down half at half back. You, you've got responsibilities. You've got to play on a man. Yeah, sure, you need that run and carry, but once you win the footy back, then you go. The first thing is to stop, defend, you know. So I, I, was, I was a little bit alarmed when I saw that i'm like are you thinking properly through this but then again that might not be coming from him he might just want to change and go to somewhere where he wants to finish his career and i'll tell you what the sales pitches are always what you want to hear it's like anything so if i'm trying to get croft to the cats and croft goes you know what i just want to have inside 50 to myself move hawkins move ablett move all them yeah yeah look i'll sure i'll draw draw it up on the whiteboard for you you just come down to the cats you you have the 50 all to yourself just just sign here and we'll, we'll get you over the line. There's your three- to four-year deal and everyone's happy. Do you know what happens after a couple of rounds in? Everyone goes back. They, the coach gets what he wants and you go to Croft. Well, you're here for the next three to four years. You're going to start playing a little bit my way, aren't you? <laughs> Interesting to see how it plays out. And Bombers fans a little bit agitated, not for the first time. Yeah, but do you know what? If you've got players who have question marks and are not sure they want to be there, Fremantle, a great example last year. Fremantle had some players who were unsure and some players who wanted. So do you know what they did? They said, all right, go, you know, like just, okay, we'll help you get somewhere or we'll delist you or whatever. And 
they were highly competitive. They they had a great year. They structure-wise, they brought on a lot of kids. You know, you could see they've got a real good system to the way they're doing things. You got to have people who are going to buy into everything you do. And if you got anyone that's a bit wishy-washy, you got to let them go. You got to go. The, Joe Danaher's situation is interesting. You know, as Jimmy said, teams that are in the finals, they're not going to come out and say, "Oh, yes, we've secured this guy." So. There's every chance he's going to go to a team that's still left in the finals, you know, and a few of those big decisions. Who did we speak to yesterday? Sean Higgins from North Melbourne. You know, North Melbourne, it seems like he's gone. You know, he hasn't spoken to the last few weeks. However, they said, listen, if there's something there, you know, we'll work towards it. So everyone's saying Geelong, you know, Sean Higgins. He's a highly talented player. Um, So you would think... He'd be a nice little fit through there as long as they get the, the balance right. So, it, yeah, it, it is silly season, but it's more so than ever. Players are moving. Players are, like, realising this is a business. I've got to make the most of my opportunities. You know, we've just had this virus go through the world. Salaries are being cut. Clubs are offering me much better deals. So we might see more moving than ever, especially with teams living up in Queensland and Western Australia getting a different experience going, do you know what, actually – I could see myself living in this state. So I've just got a feeling there's going to be a, ha- a bit happening over the next couple of weeks. And, and keep your eyes open for not necessarily just the, the pinnacle of players at free agency and trade. Like call it list spots 30 to 38. Uh, we might see a lot of those guys move because what's happening at the moment, everything is just, as I said, on pause. So if, if you're a player who's you know, played 20, 30 games and you're not quite a lock through the 22, but you've shown enough that you could be, Guys like that, other clubs might just go along and go, well, while they're not offering you a contract because they're waiting to say, we'll just give you two years. It's about the same money, but here's your guarantee. There'll be a lot of players that go, well, okay, I'll take, as Croft said, the uncertainty, oh, if there's some certainty, I'll just take it. The stability, the certainty, so, take, yep. take the offer while you can. Yep. Well, you, you look at Richmond, everyone started picking away at Richmond. That's what happens. The better sides, people pick their 23rd, 24th, 25th player. And this year, Richmond's had a lot of younger players carry them through. Mm. And then as what often happens, going to the finals, then you sort of go, okay, no, this is my 22 for the finals. So they'll be picking away, you know, at, um, you know, all those players just on the edge, longer term deals. Here's a three-year deal and here's here's an extra $100,000. So these players, they know it's a business these these days. They're going to have more opportunity and... It's hard to keep them. It's hard to keep that list settled. And you've got to put food on the table as well. And on the Joe Danaher discussion, I will bet you a round of drinks that he will be at the Brisbane Lions next week. Developments throughout the course of the week to suggest he will be a Lion next season and they will have a very formidable forward line. Now, we're going to finish the show with a bang. We're going to get Croft's best bet for round two of the finals. And Jimmy Bartel's going to give us Monday's headline. Who's going to open the batting? Well, Richmond to win. Uh, I know it's not hard, but Richmond to win by 20-plus points. And a sneaky one for a little multiplay, the three Toms. Tom Hawkins, two goals. Tom Lynch, two goals. Tom Stewart, 15-plus possessions in the Richmond-Geelong match. Love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Uh, well, let's, let's go with, with the Cats and that finals thing. It would be either what finals who do or finals no problems, something like that. The, cat, the Cats win and... Chris Scott goes to four and one in semifinals and he comes out of the press conference and goes, well, why aren't we talking about my finals record now? <laughs> why aren't we highlighting this one? Do you think he'll do that with a big smile on his face? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
He's renowned for his sense of humour. You have his hair glistening. He's, he's got beautiful hair at the moment. He's, he's, but is, is he using Brill Cream? Yeah, or what, what is he using? He's, he's very Gordon Gecko, isn't he, at the moment? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you nice still shine. stay in touch with him? Do you bounce any texts off him? No, no. I, not at the moment. I've been retired for four years now. What, from texting? No, from, no, <laughs> no texting. No, four years from out of the Cats. I still keep in touch with a lot of the guys I played with and are still involved in the club. You still want to see mates go well. There we go, the Cats to hopefully get the job done and keep the season alive. Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure and punters. You've been listening to Tabs Inside 50. Croft put away the board games, the AFL rolls on and so does Tabs AFL Same Game Multi where you can combine your favourite AFL markets all in the one bet. Available online for every AFL game this season to Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly, gamblers help, 1-800-858-858.